How's it going, folks? It's another week with your big gold belt wrestling podcast. And I don't know. <laughs> did I don't know what we're gonna talk about. Is there something we're supposed to talk about this week? Cause there might be some drama. There might be some backstage brawls. There might be some axes being grinded. There might just be full-on chaos in AEW, and we're going to get into all of it tonight, folks. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned. Your Big Gold Belt podcast is starting right now. everybody and welcome to another big gold belt wrestling podcast on a fine thursday night live here as we are each and every week it's your guy will here giant crab joining me tonight and of course damian g down in the lone star state at the three of us this week as we got a lot to get into oh man because <laughs> we went off the air last week and we were all excited for a big weekend of Three shows happening, all kinds of wrestling action. And by the end of Sunday night, early Monday morning, it was almost like the shows didn't even matter no more. Nope. <laughs> Those shows got forgotten about and chaos has erupted. And it has been a drama filled week of just behind the scenes drama. And if you're someone who just watches uh, the TV and that's about it, you probably have no idea what the hell's happening because it's been kind of glossed over and just not not even really alluded to by uh aew last night but mm -hmm. we're gonna get into all of it so if you don't know what's going on we'll get you caught up <laughs> with what we know as of this moment but if you've been following along after aew all out at the press conference things got really interesting very quickly so I'm not sure where we're all going to be falling in on this as far as uh, what we believe, what we don't believe, what we've heard, what we haven't heard. But, uh, gentlemen, I think this is going to be real interesting. A any thoughts before we really get into things? Giant crap. Uh, well, the first thing I think is it's, it's going to be interesting to see the legal ramifications, if any. Um, it's already been a few days, and I haven't heard anybody or seen a police report or anything like that. So um, I, I think no matter what you've heard, no matter what side you're on, uh, you don't know the truth. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle between side A and side B. And hopefully tonight we can kind of piece together a timeline of events definitively and say, this is what it is for better or worse. For me, just this is going to be a really interesting next couple of weeks, strictly because I can't wait for Dark Shot of the Ring next year uh, to have this chronicled. Uh, this is giving me a lot of old school territory vibes where 
you know, behind the scenes, people did worse, pulled out shivs, murder, things of that nature. Uh, so I'm curious to see in the new age of wrestling, how these things are dealt with as we become more corporate and less territorial in terms of running a business. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of questions coming out of this. And Lord knows these questions are being figured out kind of on a day-by-day basis, it seems. So I'm kind of glad that our show here is happening a few days after the fact. Mm-hmm. So we there's been a lot of info that has come out. But we're going to start at the beginning. We're going to start at early Monday morning after the pay-per-view when the press conference happened. Because that's where this all begins. CM Punk. Won the AEW title from John Moxley. All that was done. And he was the first person up at the press conference. And he sits down and immediately has uh, some stuff he wants to say. There was not even a chance for a question to be asked or anything. As he immediately called out uh, Nick Hausman of Wrestling Inc., friend of the mm-hmm. show, who has absolutely been at events before when uh, 2 James has been covering stuff. And he calls him out and asks him about if he uh, does improv still. And if in the past he did improv with Colt Cabana. Correct. And from there, he goes right in to a huge tirade (laughs) about all the rumors about him and Colt Cabana. I'm not going to get into all the details on that. But needless to say, he had a lot to say about Colt Cabana, the rumors of him, you know, possibly getting him fired or getting him sent to Ring of Honor and all this and the legal issues between them in the past and all this. But the main thing here is there was no question asked. Punk sat down and went into this on his own from the jump. Hold up. Let me add a little bit of context to that. Okay. Uh, Let's flash back to Supercard. Mm. So guess who asked the question? Hey, Tony Khan, did Cabana get moved to ROH to avoid CM Punk? That was Chicago's very own Nick Hausman. Yes, it was. Ah, Just saying. Okay. So So, so percolating for months. So when, uh, that was in, when was Supercar? April? Yeah. Yeah. April, I think late April. Yeah. No, Supercar was WrestleMania weekend. Um, Well, yeah. Or it was like, we're thinking of the other show they had. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, um, either way, it was earlier uh, in the year, a few months ago. And guess when the next AEW pay-per-view was? This weekend or last weekend. So, definitely CM Punk had that in his back pocket. And knowing what he knows about Chicago's very own, decided to start with a question of his own. So, that was definitely deliberate. That was definitely planned. And he definitely had that narrative in his back pocket and ran with it. So I think that it's a little bit different than this tirade came out of left field. But go ahead, Will. Oh, yeah, yeah. I th- well, that's going to be, I think, part of the deal today is we're going to be able to connect these dots, I right. think, here and there. The main thing was he sat down. He, he started this from the jump. There was no, like, no one even got to get into anything else at the press conference. This was the first thing that happened right out of the gate. So he goes into all that, goes into mm-hmm. his whole situation with Colt Cabana, airs a whole bunch of dirty laundry there that I'm not going to get into. Where it gets interesting is almost like the ball got rolling here and then he starts shifting gears yep. into other stuff. And there's where we really start getting things start getting hairy. So let me find here where uh, let's see, I want to get through all the Colt Cabana stuff and then here we go. Okay. So 
Here's where it gets interesting. Then he starts talking about other stuff. Quote, what did I ever do in the world to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I do? What did I ever do? Didn't do a goddamn thing. He continues to go on with, now keep in mind, as he's doing this, Tony Khan is sitting right next to him. Yeah. He is right there, right next to him within arm's reach. So he's right there on camera during all of this. It's not, meaning Tony Khan's, position to make it very fucking clear that, uh, okay, was, uh, wait, hold on here. It's not, okay. There's people who call that, and here we go, here we go, my bad, my mistake. Quote, there's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy, Cabana, more than anybody, okay? I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. I'm trying to run a fucking business. And when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first $1 million house that this company has ever drawn off of my back and goes on national television and does that, it's a disgrace to this industry. It's a disgrace to this company. Now we're far beyond apologies. I gave him a fucking chance. It did not get handled and you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to his level. But that's where we're at right now. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, quote, if you have a fucking problem with me, take it up with me. Let's fucking go. All right. End quote. <laughs> there's the, there is essentially the tirade outside of yeah. the Colt Cabana stuff. But... <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot there. And the first thing that jumps out at me is what I just mentioned. This was all done directly in front of Tony Khan right. in public at a press conference. Tony Khan sitting right there. He tried to kind of jump in here and there and punk very much like shut him down. It was like, no, you're, you're not speaking up here. I'm right. getting this off my chest. And did his thing, but I don't know. I guess let, let's get some thoughts from you guys as now we got his, what he said at the press conference out of the way. I, I, it's, it's not necessarily the, the context because again, what Tony Khan tried, when he tried to interject, he tried to interject with, okay, well, I tried to tell these guys not to go and, and do that. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not no. for you to decide. This is my no. beef. You don't handle it for me is essentially what he said. And that's fine. Uh, also saying Hey, uh, I understand that there are guys that are friends around here. I know how the clicks work, but you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to stand up for what my beliefs are, too. All in all, it's just an opinion. It's not gospel. Nothing moves or changes at the whim of what he says or doesn't say. So if there's an actual problem, guess who's the person that pulls the plug on literally everything? Well, he's the guy in the other chair, Tony Khan. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. So that's strike one. Uh, strike two is, you know, CM Punk airing the dirty laundry. Yes, that is unprofessional. Uh, you know, we handle that business backstage. That's not for the people, especially knowing that the dirt sheets are literally sitting in front of you. That's strike two. Um, and then, of course, we'll get into what strike three is. As uh, he says, if you've got a problem, see me. And people eventually saw see him. him. <laughs> Repeatedly. Get in here, Damien. Yeah. Get in here. So... 
As someone who works in management, I can literally say this is what happens when you're buddies with your employees uh, because there's no type of oversight. Uh, if we remember a couple of weeks ago uh, when he named all these new people and promoted some other people to handle the behind the scenes yes. stuff. And lo and behold, unnecessary and irrelevant because he could have nailed, he could have nipped this in the bud really quickly, cut off the mic, done something as someone who's the owner, manager, what have you to do this. But once to quote, you will, once the train got running, he was, <laughs> he got run over. And for me personally, I will say this punk is exactly who we thought he was. He's the guy that's going to speak his mind no matter what, because he has the cachet in the business because he doesn't need wrestling in reality. He doesn't to make a living. So he's going to say what exactly he wants at any moment in time, because he doesn't need the gig. Secondarily controversy creates cash to quote Eric Bischoff. So for me personally, knowing that he had this in the holster, this was premeditated. This was this was something he knew he was going to throw out there. And he was daring Tony Khan to stop him. And the fact that it didn't happen. And then you got to rely on your EVPs, who aren't really EVPs, because if we remember correctly, Tony was kind of stripping some of that power away from the Bucks and Kenny. And they were more EVPs by figurehead only. So... If I recall, and we'll get to the fight, wasn't the second in command also there of AEW? And all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. Security guards are running out to stop brawls. And, you know, we, we clown Tony on being amped up, um, ready to go at all of a drop of a hat. And I've been at scrums during, after Supercard where he was just ready to go. But to see him this... I don't want to say the word emasculated, but it's more like insubordination in front mm -hmm. of your boss. And the fact that maybe he, again, he held, he did it all behind the scenes after the fact, but right then and there, I'm going to take it to the Yankees as a native New Yorker. Yeah. You think George Steinbrenner would have let CM Punk get away with that? Well, he wouldn't have let him have that mustache. <laughs> you think, <laughs> you think, uh, who, give, give me, give me somebody else. Give me, um, okay. Fred Wilpon. One of the most, the former owner of the Mets, one of the most buttoned up corporate guys in all of baseball before he sold the team to Steve Cohen. He would never in a million years let a player do that on a live microphone. So all the, for me, this is just showing what we already knew to sum it all up and saying management at the top is really weak. There are no boundaries. And uh, of course, this is going to happen because Punk planned it that way, in my estimation. So what else was going to go down except what followed? Well, here's the thing, and this is the problem with, with the lack of talent relations, uh, because what was it, uh, you know, uh, the German uh, gaming convention was a thing, and then there was another incident where talent relations should have been there. Yep. Oh, Christopher Daniels was in, was in uh, right, it was the, um, the woman's thing um, that happened, but Daniels was over in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, the, the bottom line is, is that, yeah, I do agree that having the cool substitute teacher, uh, you know, Perfect. owner Perfect that doesn't want to, you know, break any eggshells or any, any to do anything to hurt anybody is one thing. Um, that That is it. But Punk isn't entirely wrong in the sense that, listen, 
You brought me in here to make some goddamn money. And what I'm not going to do is sit up here and be a punching bag for people in his perception, um, you know, while you guys eat off the work that I'm doing. Right. And the bottom line is, is that uh, the other bottom line is, is that, you know, that is some truth to that. Now, we can quantify the worth and the value of CM Punk and say a year and some change later since August of last year, you know, has he been worth, um, has the juice been worth the squeeze? Well, we're not backstage. So what we can see and what we can evaluate are ratings, our live ticket events. And honestly, they're not doing any better with or without him. So eh, CM Punk definitely knew, moved the needle for his comeback. And then it, faded into back into the background. And that's that's also fine. But I do understand how he does feel that he has a chip on his shoulder because guess how he was brought in? They rented the United Center for a one-hour show. Right. And 20 minutes of that one-hour show was dedicated to his comeback. It's put in right at the top. <laughs> so, and he, and he was put in, exactly. You know, uh, Brian came in and uh, Adam Cole came in at All Out that year. And that was a traditional introduction. Mm -hmm. They literally made an actual event for CM Punk. Mm -hmm. So are we surprised that CM Punk thinks that he's being put on a pedestal? Well, no. Why? That's accurate. They put his ass on the pedestal. And, and then now, a year later, you know, there's been some consternation about whether or not CM Punk has this old-timey vision of what wrestling should be versus this postmodern vision of what wrestling should be. And that's fine too, because Cody definitely had that similar opinion as well. Uh, Cody probably still works books in like a late eighties to early nineties fashion. That's mm -hmm. why he kind of stuck out so much in AEW programming. But here we are, it's CM Punk. And he feels the people are taking shots at him when he's trying to do the right thing and, you know, be the catalyst that's going to take this thing to the next level. So that's also a thing that people have been talking about. AEW needs something. They have some stars, but we don't really know who they are or care about them yet. They need that one guy that's going to push them over the top and bring them into more of a mainstream consciousness. They got CM Punk. Gave him the things that he needed. Put him on the fucking video game cover. They did all of these things and gave him all of these platitudes. So he's definitely well within his right to say, listen, I'm, I'm running a business here. You're goddamn right he is. Because he's the face. They made him the face. Day one. They sold ice cream with his face on it. Day one. <laughs> That's true. And now all of a sudden, we'll see him punks cancer and he's, he's counterculture to the business. And well, we don't need that type of... Well, you can't have it both ways. No. You can't yeah. un unlock the lion's den or the bear's cage. And when the bear comes out and murders the picnickers, go, well, shit, we didn't think that bear was going to do that. He is... <laughs> who you thought he was and you made it worse by making him bigger than he actually should be. And that's, that's a different problem, but that's also on con. Yeah. They, they very much gave him the keys to the kingdom to get him to come in. So once you do that, as we well know, I mean, history has shown CM Punk thinks very highly of himself. He has a very yes. high opinion of his worth and hell going all the way back to when he finished up in WWE he has opinions of how he should be used and how he shouldn't be used and what's good for him and, you know, screw everybody else. And if he isn't going to get, I'm sure if he's going to, hell, that's not uncommon in wrestling. That's, that's not, not uncommon in sports. 
Yeah, that's he's gonna have, but he is clearly in a position where he can now afford to put his foot down on things. Yes, quite. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure from the beginning, they like for him to come in. It's like, look, I'm I'm gonna have A, B, C, and D, or else I'm not coming. You know, and yeah. here we are a year in, and who knows how many of those things are actually being met. I mean, they made him world champion that night, but clearly he has not been happy while he's been out injured, or he has not been happy about things he's been hearing, or he hasn't been happy about perceived slights from the past, from when he was there in the spring, whether it's yeah. stuff involving Colt Cabana or stuff involving there's all these rumors that, you know, the, the, the elite guys, they were, they were undermining him. The EVPs were undermining him from since, since his arrival. So, you know, there's no way I think conclusively to prove whether that's true or not. But if that's what CM Punk thinks in his mind, then you better well damn believe he thinks it's true. I don't have any doubt about that in my head. Yeah. No, but this is also dealing. not as far fetched as people want to make it out to be. People think this is a tornado. That came out of nowhere and touched down and ruined this countryside. Uh, yeah, this probably has been brewing for some time. It did come into uh, come to a head at a moment of Punk's choosing, uh, and I do believe that, especially the way it started out, specifically targeting Nick Hausman, Chicago's very own, and 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 obviously the question is where where do you go from there? So now that we know what happened, you know, with the scrum, now that we know what was said on the record, what happened next? Well. Oh, yes. So that happens. They bring out the next guest. CM Punk goes to the back. Quickly, people notice there's a whole bunch of security running backstage while the scrum is continuing. And apparently what happens here, we get a couple different versions of. But what we do know for sure that people do agree on is that CM Punk went to his dressing room and mm. was in his dressing room and... A number of people, including the before mentioned EVPs that he called out, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, then along with some other people, decided they were going to go to his dressing room. And now who knows? This is where we don't know for sure, you know, how they approached it or whatever. But Punk was in his dressing room. They go to his dressing room. And I guess let's let's get the the two different versions here, since I've had two different sides of this. So where is the one we know they, okay, here we go. Per the punk and a steel side of things, I guess a steel and his wife were in the dressing room. CM punk was in there. His dog was in there has, has become an important detail, but apparently according to punk, his side of things is the young bucks approached the locker room. Punk was not answering the door after having been in a long match, bloodied finished with most of the scrum. Of course, the scrum, he was still in his gear. So he's probably in there getting cleaned up and stuff, you know, decompressing. Uh, the Bucks are, according to CM Punk, the Bucks are said to have pounded on the door with claims that they possibly even kicked the door down. Now, that's not confirmed. This is the version from CM Punk. Eventually, they make it in there and a, a melee breaks out. There are punches exchanged. Everyone seems to be in agreement that once they were in there, CM Punk punched first. He apparently punched Matt Jackson first. There seems to be no disagreement about that specific detail. There were chairs thrown. Nick Jackson got hit with a chair. Uh, more people rushed into the scene, apparently. And at one point, a steel bit Kenny Omega. That much is up. <laughs> pulled for his sure. hair. Pulled his hair. Bit him, though. That, that, that part is for sure. Everyone's aware that there was a biting in the middle of all this. And then, uh, 
apparently it went on for a while. There was a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling. There was threats from CM Punk of a lawsuit and all this. And then that's where things ended that night in just complete chaos, a huge incident. And now the other version very quickly before we uh, go any further with that, let's get the, the version from uh, the, the elite side of things. Uh, where do I have that here in the midst of all this? So the elite side of things is they agree they went to the door and just wanted to talk to him. The Bucks did not barge in, but opened the door. And before Matt Jackson could say anything, Punk started throwing punches at him. Nick went to stop it, but Ace Steel threw a chair at Nick. Uh, Kenny went to pick up and remove Larry the dog from the situation because he was freaking out. And after Kenny got Larry out, Ace attacked and bit him. All parties kept shouting and Punk threatened legal action against them. Uh, There's a number of people from the scene that I guess have been suspended. So I could run that down real quick before we start getting into this whole detail here. Because I am guessing everyone that was suspended here on this list is the people that were on hand at the scene of the uh, event, so to right. speak. When, so it, when, it, when it ended, these are the people that were more than likely there when the event right, ended. Yeah, so let me let me find that. Because, of course, we're obviously talking uh, the elite, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's work. Darn it. Where is it? I had so many things open here with this whole thing, trying to find it. Um, I guess th- th- thoughts on the fight, why I, find, why I find the suspension list here. Everyone okay, involved. so I'll, I'll, I'll make this that. quick. Um, if, here's why I don't care. If you are in management, whether you're middle management or upper management, and you pull up on an employee, a subordinate, Mm -hmm. and say, yo, I heard you was talking shit. You said, come see you. Now we here. Mm -hmm. You've already lost. You should not be a manager at that point. Now, if you want to say that the EVP position is ceremonial, cut them. They don't need to be EVPs anymore. They can have a talent contract. Uh, whatever their duties are, strip them from them. They don't need to do that. Kenny working on the game? Fuck that. He don't do that anymore. No uh, be a talent and go home. But you do not – that's not what management does. And at the moment, because if Khan let it slide, and maybe he should, maybe he shouldn't have. Okay, fine. He did. But if Khan lets it slide, it's not up to the Bucks to go and say, we're going to pull up on CM Punk. In his locker room. Now, that's the thing. They went to him. He was in his locker room with his friend Ace Steel and his ugly dog and Ace Steel's wife, who was who was nursing a leg injury of some sort. Uh, and he just came back from the scrum, so maybe he's in the shower. Maybe he's freshening up. Maybe he heard him knock on the door. Hey, punk. Oh, fuck. Don't answer that. Yeah, maybe he just don't want to, he don't want to deal with him right now. Right. He just didn't want to deal with him. He said in the heat of the moment, and then sometime later. No, we don't want to deal with it. But then again, maybe he is heated. Maybe he does open the door and goes, oh, smack. And and that happens too. That doesn't happen if the elite don't go to him. So no matter what it is, no matter who you like or who you don't like, it takes two to tango. They came to him. They're in the wrong. Full stop in the story. Now, everybody should be suspended. Uh, There should be ramifications for it. But as management, it is it is incumbent upon you to be above the fray. Full stop. Yeah, that I agree with. The list of suspensions I have found. So suspended from the this incident specifically, Kenny Omega, Matt Nick Jackson, Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, and Brandon Cutler were all suspended. 
So they were all, that course doesn't also bring up a steal. A steal since then has been confirmed as suspended. And there's still no specific word on CM Punk, whether suspension or otherwise. Things have been kept very quiet as to far what his status is, but we'll also get into some details that have come out about his specific situation. But okay. those Good. names are definitely confirmed as suspended by the company. Nothing on the length of suspension or anything of like that, but they are suspended and there's ongoing investigation of the entire incident going on and interviews taking place with third parties involved, try, trying to piece together, you know, I guess all the different perspectives of what do you see? What do you see? Where were you when this happened? And, you know, it, it's a lot. It's, 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 I can only imagine like with that many people involved, the different numbers of stories they're getting with this whole thing. And also the intent. Everybody has their own intent in the situation as well. Oh, I was there to help. Oh, I was just nearby. Oh, I was grabbing a sandwich. Yeah, I bit his ass. I mean, there's (laughs) um, uh, the intent as well, because if Punk perceives a threat, he has every right to defend himself. If the elite, you know, goes uh, out there with the intent to defuse the situation and 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 whether it worked or not, you know, it's the intent versus the impact. I don't care what you meant to do. What actually happened is some Nick Jackson got, you know, got bonked over the head. Matt right. Jackson was, was throwing bows. So Kenny Omega tried to kidnap, you know, Steve, uh, CM Punk's dog. Um, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter what your intent was. Right. The impact it was, it, it, it went, you know, tits up immediately. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's go to our commercial real quick. And we come back. We got a lot more to get into with this. And we haven't even gotten to, what happened on Dynamite with the whole situation? The course with correction. Cha- yeah, mm-hmm. with championships and the entire aftermath. But there's a lot to get into here, folks. We got the, the 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 big details are out of the way. So now we really get into the breakdown of it. We'll be back right after this, folks. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. If you're looking to expand your podcast reach, your website reach, as well as your social media branding, visit BigGoldBelt.com for sponsorship and advertising opportunities. Big Gold Belt Media is the golden standard for all of your media needs. We offer pre-roll and mid-roll ad spots, on-air host reads done by yours truly, Damien G, on audio as well as video platforms. For inquiries, please email BigGoldBeltGroup at gmail.com for more information. Again, that's BigGoldBeltGroup at gmail.com for your inquiries for your business. Big Gold Belt Media, wrestling, movie, comics, and more. The Golden Standard. That's right, folks. The Golden Standard, Big Gold Belt Media. We are glad to be here tonight with each and every one of you breaking down all the chaos going on in the wrestling world. But of course, when we get to halftime, we always like to spotlight the indies because there's a big show happening this weekend at a kind of a historic spot. So I want to throw the giant crab with this week's Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, Indie Spotlight. Yeah, so the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast Indie Spotlight is happening this coming Saturday. If you're in the Minneapolis area and you already got your ticket, congratulations, that thing sold out. So for the rest of the world, you got to watch it on Fight. And what are you watching? It's First Wrestling, really good promotion out of Minneapolis. A lot of uh, if a lot of younger stars have come, especially in AEW, uh, you know, have come through First Wrestling. So definitely worth checking out anyway. It's Saturday Night Nitro. Saturday Night Nitro. That sounds very familiar because, of course, the Mall of America is where it's going to be held in the Huntington Bank Rotunda. 
they have a similar setup to the first episode of Nitro, which was at the Mall of America all those years ago, back in what, 95 or 96. So it's going to be a really interesting card that kind of hasn't really been announced. I know there's two matches that have been announced. Uh, one uh, is Effie versus uh, Orange Cassidy. Another is Dante Martin, who is from Minneapolis, versus Rob Van Dam. Uh, but they have a lot of people on the meet and greet. I think Ethan Page is out there. Sonny Kiss is out there. Eric Cannon, who's you know a Minneapolis legend, uh, among others. Uh, you know, Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn, uh, another Minneapolis guy, um, AEW guy, ECW guy. So a lot of good stuff happening out there. Uh, the Fan Fest will be happening uh, tomorrow at uh, on the Fair on 4. So that's the fourth floor of Mall of America. And if you've ever been there, well, it's the, one of the biggest malls in the country. Uh, it used to be the biggest for a long time. Big enough to host a damn wrestling show. So... It's uh, the, the Fan Fest is on Friday, but the big show is Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 7 local time. Uh, and that is Saturday Night Saturday night Nitro, First Wrestling, Mall of America. Catch it on fight for $12.99 because that thing is sold out. Looks to be a good show, and that's the indie spotlight for this week. It's a throwback, baby. Going to get that first Nitro vibes. That's what I'm like excited. Is Lex Luger going to make an appearance? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> someone, in his, someone in his condition, I don't know. Or Rick Rude. Well, no, pause. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. Rick, Rick can't make it. The corpse of Rick, 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 Rick can't make it. He's not. Someone can. Someone modern can play one of those roles and make a surprise appearance. Johnny Nitro, since he's on every show, so he could be Johnny Mall. There you go. Yeah. Johnny Mall. <laughs> Johnny Mall. Johnny Mall of America. There we Johnny go. Johnny Mall. <laughs> All right, folks. So yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. We are still breaking down this whole deal, the whole the melee and I guess uh, Chicago or wherever you want to the Chicago chaos. I don't know what we're calling this whole thing. Windy City Mayhem. Windy City Mayhem. Maybe that's what it is. But yeah, so we have suspensions. We have backstage brawls. We have chairs thrown. And I really I think Crab has really nailed an important aspect of this. I've seen so many people online talking about, you know, well, CM Punk said, you know, if you got a problem with me, then 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 just come on, let's go. And it's like that that isn't like an invitation that you can just go start brawling backstage, right. especially when you're in management. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. If anything, I mean, I, I, the thing that was jumping out at me when this all happened is like, is like if you're in a management position and things blow up at a work site to the point that they did during that press conference where you have like a boss and employee there and you know they're the, the kind of stuff that was being said and like the company publicly getting you know trashed basically in this situation i think in most cases most like you know evps or most hr people would be like you don't say anything just let it go next day there's gonna be a meeting about it but as far as like in that moment it's like you don't throw more gas on the fire. You don't like escalate things even further than they already are. It's like diffuse. And then, you know, immediately, probably the next day, there'd be tons of meetings and it would be immediately, you know, but it'd be like, you're not in the, mo the key is like in the moment when everything is happening, that ain't the time to confront. And like, <laughs> and, especially uh, when you're going to someone's, uh, you got someone in a locker room, so it's like they're in an enclosed area. They're going to feel cornered. You're rolling up 
three or four guys deep. It's like, I, I can see where CM Punk can absolutely make a case for feeling threatened, feeling defensive, feeling like in a situation where he needed to protect himself, which I, I can't believe I'm sitting here saying this as I've never been a CM Punk uh, the well, biggest supporter himself, of his. But he has, you know, a steel and more importantly, his wife and dog uh, are yeah. in the room as, as well with him. So, yeah. you know, you have taken play, completely playing devil's advocate. You have four belligerents at your door and you have your friend and his wife, who is completely innocent bystander, and your prize, you know, dog. Um, I'm not saying that you have to open that door with a right cross, but I am saying that it's not out of the realm of possibility. No. And and that's that's no. kind of not, not, and again, that does not absolve him from wrongdoing. Uh, you know, we need to know that we need to nail that detail down. You know, did they have a conversation and it escalated? Was there an opportunity to walk away and de-escalate the situation? And they didn't. Uh, that's what we need. To, that's what we need. That's what I need to know. But yeah. what we haven't heard yet is, you know, who swung first, who approached who. And, well, they said that the elite went to CM Punk's locker room. Well, the elite of three guys. And Nakazawa and Cutler got suspended, too. So there is there's at least it's at least five one two, and Christopher Daniels too. Your your head. Well, is Daniels came later because he hurt the ruckus, and the security came later because they hurt the ruckus. But I'm saying, if the elite came and it's and it's just dealing punk, it's definitely three on two at that point. Right. I don't know about anybody else, but if three guys show up at my door and it's just me and my best friend, we're, we're, we're throwing hands, man. Something is going down. Yeah. Well, especially depending on what the vibe is when they get there, because like you right. know, there's their version is they were pound, you know pounding on the door and if they're out there pounding on the door bro like hey open up the door phil open up open up and he ain't opening up it's like no you're, right. you're gonna feel threatened and then of course Especially the other side of that story is the elite came over so uh philip we have uh, biscuits <laughs> and yeah. uh we have some orange marmalade and we just wanted to talk this out over some tea and then cm punk went <laughs> and throws a chair and smacks like Jackson in the face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we said at the beginning, like you said at the beginning, it was definitely said the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle here. Right. And I don't, I don't know if they're going to have any cameras back there. It's probably just going to come down to witnesses and who saw what and who was around at the time that can be independent of the whole, you know, each side of this. But yeah, it's like just going to the door in that moment and especially yeah. when we know it was quick because yeah. the press conference wasn't over with we know it happened pretty quickly after he left right. so it's not like they gave they didn't even give him like an hour or something to be like oh go get yeah. a shower and you know calm I think the scrum it seems like total was an hour and a half and i think from yeah. that moment where he left uh to the moment after was maybe 20 minutes mm -hmm. yeah. so, so, that, so, so that, that means that very quickly that was 20 minutes when security ran which means yeah. that almost shortly after he left the scrum room and made his way to his um, to his office, he could not have been in that office for no more than five or 10 minutes before he hears yeah. a knock at the door. Now, whether yeah. that knock is a knock or if that knock is a pound is could be the difference between who is it and fuck you want. And, and you yeah. know, and it is what it is. But what I am saying is under no uncertain terms, do you go to the, to the room as management? to do one of two things. Either you go to his room and say, I don't give a shit what your problem is. You're already fired. Or you go to his room and say, take the next week off. We have a, we have a meeting. 
but you yeah. do not go to do anything other than fire him or suspend him right then and there as management. Anything other than that, you're asking for trouble. And, and this goes back to something like ego. You know, if if you are a big star in any walk of sport, life, what have you, you, sh- you you're not even you should know. It's good practice to if you are in upper management to handle all this behind the scenes in a controlled manner, not in a hot-headed manner like we were saying that gets you fired instantaneously from a regular old job. So my wondering with this whole situation is not the fact that cooler heads, heads didn't prevail. It's are we all at the point now, the Bucks, A Steel, Punk, all these people involved, are they at the point where it's like, it's F you money, if I get fired, I get fired? Like, is, is it that much of a, I don't need AEW to be able to do this, to be able to get away with this? Well, I because think that's a matter of perspective. And and, and, and to that point is, not necessarily, it depends on what we're fighting for. If Punk feels that he's being slighted, he's already defensive. He's going to open the door defensive because somebody knocked on his door. If the elite are like, well, hey, if you're going to talk shit, then, you know, we're here and we can squash this right now. Mm -hmm. Then, which is obviously the wrong message, considering their position within the company. Um, And that's the only reason why I make that distinction, because they are management, period. Right. Because go back to when Eddie Kingston allegedly pie-faced Sammy Guevara and he was suspended for what, a week? Uh, A week or two. I think two weeks. A week or two. So, and Eddie's not in management. So, okay. So now the, the, the continuation of all this is if the Bucks are more than EVPs in title alone, strip them of that title officially. Mm-hmm. You are strictly talent. So obviously that might even come with the demotion and pay just, just to rework that contract. Or B, it's like all the people involved either have to get fired or they got to be on a long-term suspension or both without pay so and we'll get to tony khan's kind of pivot shortly but for me that's what's left over like i don't care about the joey springerness of it all after the first maybe day and a half i was over it because this is commonplace for the nba this is commonplace for mlb any sport shoot even in my walk of, of work where if i have a subordinate cussing me out i let hr handle it so I'm out of it. I'm not going to throw hands. Now, if you call me the N-word or, or the S-word for Latinos, I might have to handle it outside of work, not at the same time of the pay-per-view that we just spent 17 hours running with a media scrum because that goddamn pay-per-view lasted almost like seven hours. So that's another thing. Tensions are high. Emotions flowing. Punk unleashes his salvo. So what? The Bucks couldn't have taken 20, 30 minutes to go, you know what? I don't know if this is worth losing my job over. And then we go all the way to the beginning of all of this and saying, CM Punk, I know you don't want people saying you got Scott Colton fired, but did you set out to get the Bucks and Kenny fired by unleashing the salvo, hoping they retaliate to you, knowing what this oh. might do? <laughs> so right. did he just say, bonk it, grenade? Yeah. Well, Because I'll still be the one in, standing as a power brings, move. Yeah, this brings, well, this brings in another little theory or a little possible idea because there's another wrinkle in all this that has come out in the last day or so. CM Punk got injured in the match. <laughs> Apparently. 
he apparently tore on the tope. his mm-hmm. on the tope. He apparently tore his left pack. So we're talking another serious injury to CM Punk looking at probably a good six to eight months off mm-hmm. regardless of all this. So another major injury. So at the time, you know, he might not, he, I'm sure he knew at least minimum. Oh, damn. I'm hurt pretty damn bad. You right. know, you don't know the exact details, but I'm sure he knows himself well enough to know, Oh crap. I just came back from a broken foot. Now I know damn well, I'm not going to be able to, you know, go after this. this is more than just a slight, a pulled muscle or something like that. Right. So did he get hurt and then be like, well, shit, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be around here anyway. So <laughs> time to light the match. Time to go rest up. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's very possible that CM Punk did go scorched earth um, because of what has been building and because of what we know with the lack of talent relations to intercept these uh, microtransgressions, microaggressions, transgressions, Jesus, microaggressions, um, they fester and they burst and pop. And now we got shit everywhere. And that's what it is, that this boiled over. And now there's shit everywhere. And unfortunately, a competent HR team needs to be able to intercept these uh, these events and, and sit it down and get to the bottom of it. That's not what happened here. So this is what it is. Um, you have Punk that's hurt. I think regardless of whether he knew that he was hurt or not, that, that was still going to go down the way it go, went down because the only thing that uh, Punk needed to know that it was go time was that Nick Hosman was sitting in the front row. Yep. That was that was it. just just had happened to be the one asking that first question. That so. was it, and it, and it mm-hmm. wasn't even the first question because who knew who who knew who had the actual floor at that point? Punk intercepted the first question and went, "Hey, do you fancy yourself a journalist? Bet you do, don't you?" Hey, and that's that. how it started. So because he knew again because of the um, because what he what Nick said about uh, Colt back in at the Ring of Honor scrum was. Was a thing. CM Punk had that in his back pocket. Ah, there he is. Go time. He'd been chewing on it. He'd been chewing on it for yep. months. For months. Yeah. Now you can argue that that's petty as all hell. Cool. But not going to say it's not. That's CM Punk. That not going to say it's not. That's who he is. <laughs> and yeah, that's he, what they paid him to be. Yeah. He does not forget, and he holds a grudge. That 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 right. is who he is. That mm-hmm. is who he is. So yeah, that that you got it's your buyer beware. You know what you're getting with CM Punk. This is not. <laughs> This behavior is not unusual or new for him. Nope. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Now, we know all these pieces. All this investigation is still ongoing. Who knows how this is all going to shake out? At this point, we just know about suspensions. Right. But if you're Tony Khan, with what we know right now, with how this is all blown up and who's done what and how different things happened for what we know today, what do you what do you do if you're Tony Khan? How, how how would you handle this situation? I know what I would do. I won't go first, but who what what what, what do you do to Punk? And what do you do with the elite? Well, like I said earlier, you, you cut the EVP title completely because they have shown they are not capable to be in management. And I know we don't like cor- people don't like Cornette, but he hit the nail on the head when he said, This is why you don't have wrestlers as the booker as the one in charge, as up there with the owner. That's why you don't have wrestlers doing that because they can't separate. It's really difficult for them to separate. You need an impartial third party that is literally in management that is not talent. That's number one, and that kind of, in that kind of realm. So once you strip them of that, then you suspend them for a minimum 
of three months without pay. Minimum. Mm, for, embarrass- for embarrassing the company, you might even get six months out of that. Just because you embarrassed the company and it made itself outward. Because other corporations can do this behind closed doors and this doesn't happen. But because it got out publicly in a very vicious way, there's got to be an exception made. And if Punk's on the shelf for six to eight months talking about, I don't need the money, I'm good. I'm going to rest up anyway. Someone's got to go. And it's and Brandon Cutler's not good enough. So who's the one that exacerbated it? The Bucks, because they retaliated. They're in management. They should have known better than to take the bait, the low-hanging fruit. So three to six months suspension, probably without pay, stripping of the EVP. Punk, gone. Punk's gone at least for, for, for a year, or you don't pay for him, pay his salary while he's on injured leave or what have you. That's another thing you do. Kenny Omega, I don't really know. All I know is he got bit and he tried to save a dog. I don't really know if he should be punished. I know he should also be stripped of his uh, any kind of title he has. And sorry, A Steel, you got to go. Vampirism is only used for <laughs> Gangrel, Blade, and Dracula. That's about it. So you got to go. So anyone else, I don't know how Nakazawa got in this. I don't know how Brandon Cutler got into this. But if they have to be the linchpins and the sacrificial lamb for the elite, they got to go. So sorry, this is not, to borrow a quote from, from Cornette, all friends wrestling. Your friends have got to go. Because you know how this started? Standing up for your boy. And now it's got to end with you falling on the sword for your boy and losing your promotion or your title. That's the easiest way to handle that. And you know what? To Tony's, to Tony's progression in the last 48 hours, I think he pivoted really well, which we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, so let me, before we move to that point, I just want to say that uh, I do agree. Uh, Strip the Bucks and, and Kenny of their EVP titles. Um, whatever that entails, that, that shit, we don't need it. Um, they can still handle their other duties as mm-hmm. they do them. Uh, that's an, and and be talent. That's a separate thing. But if whatever the inter- intersection of EVP is, uh, we don't need it anyway. Uh, as far as suspensions and, and penalties and stuff like that, um, I do think that I wouldn't fire anyone. And the reason why I wouldn't fire anyone is because just because Punk laid the bait doesn't mean that the Bucks had to take it. Correct. Well. Nick Jackson got busted open in, in the face, so that's an L. Matt Jackson got into a fight that he didn't want, so that's an L. And Kenny tried to steal a dog. That's another L. Uh, I think that they have, I don't want to say suffered enough, which is why I would suspend them for 60 days. Um, okay. I think 60 days is, is fair. Uh, I think that it's because of the fact that, and when you say that this got out, well, this got out to us. This got out to the wrestling fans that dig a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the casual fans that watch Dynamite had no idea what Tony Khan was talking about as he opened the show. Right. The casual fans in Buffalo, there were some people in the know, obviously. I saw some signs. But generally speaking, they were there to see MJF, which is a different problem. But so 60 days, um, which makes them miss full gear. Um which is which is a, a big deal. So that's so they're completely out of this uh, cycle, and I think sixty days is long enough too because wrestling fans are fickle and forgetful. Um, so by by the time full gear comes around, unless somebody shoots somebody, you know we're, this isn't going to be an issue anyway. As far as Punk goes, 
Um, I think that he gets um, 45 days uh, suspension after his recovery is over. Now, he's going to be gone for six to eight months with that torn pec, basically what Cody Rhodes had, uh, basically what Christian has, uh, which is yep, same deal. Um, same deal. But um, so six to eight months on after his um, recovery is over. And and that's going to be what that's going to be. Um, as far as eight steel goes, I'm not I'm not convinced that he's not just a victim of circumstance. Again, he doesn't have an opportunity to bite anybody if they don't pull up to their door. So at the moment, it wasn't that he opened the door teeth first. His wife is in the room. Punk's dog is in the room. And every and these two guys are outnumbered and they have a right to defend themselves. Now, he did bite somebody and that does not absolve him of consequence. So I think he gets suspended for 30 days. Um, so, yes, my penalties aren't as as strict or as harsh as uh, dear Damien's are. But that's also I think the ramifications aren't as far reaching as people think they are because the Internet bubble isn't as big as you think it is. Either. Um, it's not like TMZ is following Kenny Omega to the airport wondering how his finger is or whatever the hell he got bit on. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, seriously, if, if, if it were that, then we'll be talking 90, 120 day suspensions. Now, the question is, what does Warner Brothers Discovery think about this? And that's also a thing. I think if it doesn't hurt them, this is an internal issue. Uh, whatever the dirt sheets want to report, they'll report. But the, but the long and short of it is, is that this will be water under the bridge within the week. And honestly, by the virtue of the fact of the dynamite that they put on, this is already old hat. So see you in two months, maybe. Certainly not less than that. Uh, see you in two to three months uh, for everybody involved. But now this is an opportunity we can get into that where AEW is in a really good position to pivot and get mm -hmm. back to getting to what got them there in the first place. And that's uh, their homegrown stars younger talent and compelling matches with people that you may not be familiar with. All right. I'll be really quick. I completely agree with the idea that the EVP, EVP titles gone. Mm -hmm. That experiment is over. They have demonstrated that, uh, that ain't, that ain't for them. That ain't you all it. are talent. Yeah. Y'all are wrestlers. <laughs> You're not suits. So EVP titles gone for the bucks and Omega for sure. I like the idea of the suspension being through full gear with the idea of you're, you're out through that. You're not on the show. And then assuming come back after that punk is where it gets a lot trickier. I think because we have the injury and we have the aspect of his locker room and how he feels about things in a self-defense aspect. Right. And also there's the press conference because the press conference was all him. And he definitely undermined Tony publicly before any of this backstage stuff happened. So his situation is a lot hairier. Something I could see happening with Punk being as hard-headed as it is, he is, is I could easily see Tony being like, okay, well, you know, we're going to, we got to suspend you or not pay you or something. And I could see Punk being like, screw that. I was defending myself. I'm out. I could easily see him taking his ball and going home if he's given any retribution at all now who knows if that'll happen or not but just given who we're dealing with that's one of the first things i thought of is 
he could very easily like dig his heels in and be like, I didn't do a damn thing wrong. I just aired my grievances. Then mm-hmm. I got attacked in my locker room for it. Screw y'all. I'm out of here. So who knows if we see him again, the, the injury part makes it tricky. Cause I don't know how easy it is to do a punishment while he's injured. You probably have to do it when he's back from it. I don't know yeah. how that would work, but it's trickier. I think it's, it's a lot trickier with his situation because you got to think about there's what he did at the press conference and then what happened afterwards. And that well, whole press conference is just, it's just messy with that. Tony was sitting right there and how, how it made Tony look, how Tony yeah. recovers his reputation from this to that locker room. I, I think there's going to be an issue there because a lot of people saw a lot of, he, he got dressed down out there. We're just like, you know, he's got spoken over and just ignored essentially. And that, that that's tough in a leadership role to be put in that position where the people working for you saw that happen in front of everybody. But this so. leads me to believe that this has been going on behind the scenes where he's getting run over constantly. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't able to corral this at the press conference, because had he had a tighter ship, I don't think this happens. But because he's so laissez-faire in terms of management potentially and wants to be buddy-buddy with a lot of the talent, then that's what winds up happening. Sorry, dude, you're not Vince McMahon where you could be like smoking smoking weed with our truth like Vince does, and it's okay. You know, you know, Swole said it. Swole pretty much said that Tony just wants to hang out after the show with the talent. Like he's running like Wrestle Circus. No, that's that's not how this works. If you are a suit of a multi-million slash billion dollar organization, which that's what that's what you are. You're a billionaire who's running a million dollar company or so. Act like it. How would you treat uh, how would his dad treat someone in the NFL doing something like that or one of his uh, football players doing something like that? They'd be gone. Yeah. So it's one of those things where had he run a tighter ship, like I said, I don't think this happens. I couldn't yeah. imagine somebody, you know, uh, I couldn't imagine Puff Daddy, you know, as a CEO of, of Bad Boy Records. Man, listen. Talent and just be like, you, you said what? You know, that mic would have been snatched. That night, Mike would have been snatched out of his damn hand. Right, right immediately. In front of everyone. Yeah, immediately. But but also, I, I do think that um, it is, uh, you know, ironic that Khan himself went on a similar tirade uh, towards the end of the uh, press conference as he felt that he was slighted by WWE for running the show on the day of the ends and why. So I don't think, I think that that happens largely because the, um, you know, the behavior is fairly similar. You know, when you feel that you've been slighted and you want to speak on it, nah, let me speak. And and it's not up to you to decide, you know, how I get to speak on it. And, that, and I think that was Punk's point, And I can understand that. Obviously it's not the time or place. Uh, certainly not the time or place, but you know, that is kind of what it is too. And that leads us to Wednesday. Yeah. Now we finally, finally get to Wednesday. And we get to the thing. wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> there was wrestling after all of this. So dynamite opens up. There's an announcement from Tony Khan. He mentions, mm-hmm. this was interesting in how it was handled. He mentions no specifics of anything that happened. Just says, I have to vacate the AEW world title and the AEW trios championship. We're having a match tonight for the trios championship and starting a mini tournament. That'll culminate at grand slam for the AEW world title, but 
no names were mentioned no mention of you know due to backstage incident or something like nothing of any sort so if you just watch the pay-per-view sunday night and then you turned on dynamite on wednesday and you don't look at stuff online about wrestling you got no idea what the hell happened so it was a Good. real interesting way to handle it but probably legally he was probably told i'm guessing with the investigation on going there probably like, don't mention any names right but i would think you could at least say like you know due to incidents after after full uh, all out or something yeah due something to at least incidents at all out we have to yeah. sc- we have to vacate the titles there we go boom yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think what he said was perfect because he didn't want to say too much he cool. doesn't want to bring this back up again he doesn't want people to spend this rest of the show googling what the hell happened if they didn't know um and he said what he needed to say he moved on and he didn't blink the entire time, which is weird. But it's a, um, uh, I thought that was actually pretty well done to quickly um, address why this is and then move on. And they did that. Especially when they cut off Max Caster. Think about it, how they played that out yesterday, because all of social media was waiting on Max Caster to write a ROM about this. And right when he was about to start, Swerve Strickland comes out. So, Obviously, Tony's like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not talking. About Good this. way to, uh, to, to kind of stick one to Dying social down. media mm-hmm. that you know, and that's also good heel heat for for Strickland, uh, who for whatever reason that's a thing that's happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course they're going to run that match back at Grand Slam, which that set up. Um, I think in general, and we don't have to go through the entire show of Dynamite. Um, it was a show. I don't think it was a great show, but I think it was the show they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, it got back to the things that I liked most about AEW, and that was seeing these uh, relatively unknown talent with something to prove, with the ability to go out there and just tell a story in the ring and have matches. Um, Wheeler Yuta versus the hometown kid, uh, Daniel Garcia, which was absolutely a great match um, for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, was fine. Couldn't be happier with that match. Uh, and of course, they have the um, the Dynamite uh, Grand Slam Champion Tournament, which is actually a really good way to seg- segue that into the um, the show coming up in less than two weeks in Queens, two weeks from yesterday. Um, and you know, there's some other loose ends that didn't involve uh, this whole thing that they can tie up and go forward. So the idea is, you don't have Punk, you don't have the Elite for whatever the unforeseeable future is. Now, what do you do? They're going to have to go back to the drawing board and start and, and kick those crutches down that they've been using and actually start and book Building freshly time. again. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, because I plan on being a Grand Slam, that turns out to be a, a good show for me, but also going into full gear. Full, the complexion of full gear has totally changed. And that was in, that's in November. And um, hopefully that leads to um, another fresh uh, thing, um, path going forward because of all the people in the tournament well there's so many people that got left out and then of course the trios thing is, is a thing now um you know there's so many teams that they're going to have to replace so it's it's interesting to see how they pivot and go forward and the ratings are well, they're kind of the same they didn't everybody thought that the ratings were going to be super high or super low because people were pissed if punk got fired or didn't get fired or the elite got fired or didn't get fired Nope. Because the internet bubble that we participate in isn't as big as you think it is. People don't give a shit. 
they watch the show, <laughs> and then they turn on the local news at 10 because it's time to go to bed. And, and Dynamite was actually number two on the ratings to the Real Housewives of Dubuque or wherever the hell they are you know, now. But um, <laughs> but the long and short of it is, is that this wasn't the catastrophic, game-changing incident. This wasn't the plane ride from hell incident mm-hmm. um, within the AEW space that people thought it was or thought it was going to be. It was a Wednesday. They put on a decent show. People watched it. People didn't. We moved yeah. on. The line, the the average was very much in line with what it's been for the past yep. several weeks. It didn't go up. It didn't go down. It just it's been staying where it's been staying for a while. AEW has a very loyal audience, and as we've been going on for it's like how they expand past that. I I just don't know because I don't know if there's happens, anybody left it, to expand to. No, I I think this. I mean, there's a very good chance it, this is how uh, TNA used to be when it was on Spike. Mm-hmm. They could draw a million people on average every week, forever. And that's just what they grew. That was their audience. And it was like, that was their level. And that might be the same story here. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. As someone who doesn't normally watch Dynamite on a regular basis, you know, I tuned in last night because, hell, I was very curious to see what the announcement would be, how things would be handled. But I watched the whole show for the first time in a while. And, hey, I'll, I'll flat out say it. You take uh, Bucks and Omega and Punk off that show, and I'll watch a hell of a lot more. I'm way more interested in that company without them there with, yeah. uh, without a shadow of a doubt. They're Same. a big part of the reason I'm not into AEW. So you have them out of the equation. I'm a lot more intrigued to check things out. And hell, what have we been complaining about forever? One of the biggest issues there is just, there's so many people and so little time to use them. Well, here's four really major spots of all big time featured people that were always getting time, that were always a big part of the show, that now they're out of the way. So that's time that can be used for other faces now. So this is your chance. Do something with it. I, you got you got my attention. I'm curious to see what's up. And let let's get some new faces in the mix. Let's elevate some people. Let's get get you know some fires lit under some new people. It's, I'm I'm not sure who exactly it needs to be. But that was going to be my question to the group before we sign off. Yeah. Is like, given everything now, who do you feel that Tony should turn his attention to, to give a push now? Now that the elite and, and Punk are are on the shelf. The easy answer is uh, Will Hobbs. Same. I was I just going to bring him up. Yeah, I mean that, that's the easy answer for me. Uh, the way they have the tournament set up, and Hobbs is not a part of that tournament, which I think is a snub. But uh, I think the easy answer for the tournament is uh, the finals being Sammy Guevara versus Jericho. Uh, they have history. Obviously, they're the same group. Um, I don't want Moxley to win ever, anything ever in the history of ever. So that's a win for me. And then, of course, you have Jericho becoming a two-time champion. Or you have Sammy, the most hated man in the company <laughs> until this weekend, uh, becoming his first, uh, maybe his first or second championship match. For the world championship and maybe he had one before but the point is is that that would be a kick in the pants but also and this is the thing that we're going to have to drive home a lot more the internet crowd the vocal internet crowd is a vocal minority and i'm not saying that the crowd isn't vocal in the audience but that's also one town on one night for one show correct i don't know what this yep. albany crowd's going to how they're going to react because I know that when I went to Dynamite, 
in different places, Cody was over. When I went to, Just you know, Cody was down in Orlando uh, when I was down there. Um, he did okay. He wasn't, again, the, the point is, is that don't put too much faith in what the internet tells you to think. Uh, just watch the goddamn show, and uh, and I think this is going to be an interesting. This is going to be an interesting six to eight weeks, uh, two months as they book towards full gear. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. They 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 have pieces to work with. They have a lot of directions they could go with this. The the mini tournament. Yeah, right now they're leaning on you know the 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 known names, the former champions, and you know kind of their 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 homegrown pillars, but. God, I mean, you got Wardlow, you got you got all kinds of people that like are under that top level. That take three or four of them, and let, let's light a rocket on a couple or, of them, and really like get something going here. Or maybe, and this is a crazy idea, crazy idea. Please let don't let the lightning strike me. Maybe put another fucking women's match on the show. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. We might be that, that might be we a little crazy. crazy. It's insane. I know. We might be dreaming a little too big here, but I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> we'll see, folks. We will see. It's going to be interesting times here. Thanks for joining us. Another fun week with your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Next week, I'm thinking it won't be as crazy as this week, but you'll never Hopefully. know. <laughs> the, the chaos this year just is ongoing. So. We'll see what's up next week. Hopefully we can get into some other stuff with what's going on with WWE and uh, all these other places out there and not have it be such a completely AEW show. But. Can I jump in real quick about one WWE yeah. bit of uh, just, just FYI Let's for people? If you didn't watch Gunther versus Sheamus yes. and you like people beating the shit out of each other, like that kind of wrestling, strong style, go watch that match. Holy shit from Clash of the Castle. Really good, really hard-hitting Seamus is one of those undervalued, I feel, by the internet minority, to, to, to use crab. Uh, yeah, go watch that match. That, that was one of the best matches of the weekend. Oh, absolutely. I will second that. Seamus is a beast. And like, con- first consistency, I think he's very underrated right. in that Seamus delivers like all the time. He, he, and he's, you know, he's, he's not like afraid the in that fit. regard, where he's just yeah. been there forever. He, he, and yeah, yeah, consistently he he knows that formula and he knows how to do it and he's not afraid to get physical, which is just a perfect match for Gunther because they just smashed into each other like two damn cars mm-hmm. for that whole. Match. So yeah, Gunther and Sheamus at Clash at the Castle was awesome, no doubt, no doubt. But all right. Next Thursday, 8 p.m., we will be here. The podcast version drops the following day on all podcast platforms at Big Gold Belt on all your social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, of course, BigGoldBelt.com with all the latest news. And, folks, thanks for joining us. It's been a crazy night. We will get through all this AEW chaos one way or another. One way or another, Will. (laughs) We will get through it. So thanks for tuning in, folks, and we will see you next week. What I really need.